This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Yeah, my mic is... I'm, I'm on the phone here. Yeah, there you are. Good morning. Oh, you got me? Yep, I hear you loud and clear. Well, How's things? Okay, How's things in your morning, neck Charlie. of the woods? <laughs> okay, uh, let me give out the phone numbers first off, and then we'll get back to biz here right. in Toronto. If you'd like to reach Charlie Dobbin, by all means, here's the number to call: four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province is toll free one eight six six seven forty four. Uh, are you all set for Halloween, Charlie? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, today is one gray, gloomy day. So anybody who's lying in bed, listening to the garden show with the intention to stay in bed all day, I get it. It's a, it's one of those days. You just want to <laughs> stay under the covers. But I think tomorrow is going to be a nicer day. And I did, I did, I'm rather proud to say a pretty nice pumpkin I carved up yesterday afternoon and got those seeds out and I roast the, the pumpkin seeds and I love them there. They always remind me of my childhood. That was always a big deal at pumpkin at, at Halloween yeah. is get those seeds, get them <laughs> salted and roasted and enjoy those. And uh, yeah, I'm not expecting a lot of kids where I live, but I'm hoping I'll get a few. Okay. Uh, we've got a few things set up for Halloween, uh, a skeleton sitting on a chair as you come up the driveway. And then uh, Charlie found an old bike in the barn here, and so she spray-painted it white and uh, put, as as uh, has been done in the little town of Brecon, uh, decorated uh, the, dri- the driveway with this bike. But in Brecon, they have, like, I think about six, 16 of them, and they're really, really neat, just along the, the main. They're not for sale. It's just a, a neat little mm. thing that the community does. Now, tell Frankie, Frankie, where'd you go? All right. In the meantime, um, it looks like what we should probably do is let's take our first, you know, short break. We're not going anywhere. I know Frank's at his end uh, in uh, in his cabin in the woods, and I'm at my end in my rainy house in Prince Edward County. So we'll get uh, the message from our, our very important sponsors. And when we come back, it looks like we've got Bob on the line. And so we'll see what's going on in his garden right after this. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning. Uh, There we are. Good morning. You can hear me now, Charlie? I can. It's funny, Frank. I I hear you loud and clear, and then all of a sudden it goes blank at my end. Well, you know what? It might might have been. I have the phone on uh, on the speaker, and mm-hmm. I put the phone to my ear, and I think I might have touched on mute to the oh. phone, 
which mute, which, which in effect mute whenever I'm trying to say. But anyway, we're, you we're know what here. Should, and you know what, the, Frank, uh, the main thing is we want to answer uh, a lot of questions, or you do. So yeah. those numbers I think I gave out, you heard those okay, did you? Yeah, I heard them fine. And we do have a couple callers on the line. Frank, well, here's a suggestion. Do you have those? Step right to it then. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know those little earbuds uh, that people use to answer the phone hands-free? So little earbuds with a little mic that hangs on the wire. If you have something like that, you should dig that up, and then you're, you'll are you have good audio and no chance of touching the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All um, right. Um, but to the folks yeah. who have been waiting online, maybe best to yeah. jump to them and help them out as best you can, okay? Thank you. I'm going to right now connect with Bob, who's calling us from Toronto. Good morning, Bob. Well, good morning, Charlie. Thanks for taking my call, and how are you? Excellent. Is it raining at your place? It, it, well, it's been an absolutely miserable uh, night and morning. It does not look very nice outside. <laughs> but the garden does love it. Absolutely the onset of autumn. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What's going on? Well, all my planters are being dug full of holes by the squirrels that are trying to hide all their little uh, goodies that they have found. But yeah. that's not the reason I am calling. Uh, I've got a, a, a curious little thing. I'm sitting here looking at a vase full of roses. Mm-hmm. And the roses were put in water two odd weeks ago, and they're still looking great. Now, the vase is clear, and it's getting direct sun. So all the little stalks of the roses are putting out leaves. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to take these little guys and uh, put them in earth or do something that uh, would they possibly grow? Okay, so they're putting out leaves, but do you see any evidence of roots? Um, I don't see anything. There's one that seems to have something. It could be root. Okay, at the tip of the cut end. Well, actually, you'll see the right. The roots will come from little bumps on the stem where it's underwater. And the little bumps, we call those nodes, and that's the same. Either leaves can grow from there or roots can grow from there. Right. Okay, so the question is, should you, well, are they mini roses or are they full, big, you know, uh, sweetheart roses? or Gorgeous roses. Uh, They're sort of a a mixture of cream and red. Nice. My wife thinks they're fantastic. So even if you did manage to get some roots growing on the the tips of these cut roses, the likelihood of those plants surviving outside year-round is not good. Most of the the more highly bred roses, the hybrid teas, the the ones that we use for gift-giving and and bouquets – they tend to be quite highly, like I say, highly bred, highly developed roses, and they're not very hardy in Ontario. 
in the terms of their roots. So they're typically budded or grafted onto a different a different rose, but a right. different rootstock that's a different rose. So like I said, even if the top beautiful flowering part could survive, the, the whole plant would likely not survive just because of the lack of roots. But what I would do is enjoy the roses for now. If you do get some roots starting to grow on those cut ends, you could try potting them up. Do not put them outside. Of course, it's just going to be too cold by the time that happens. Um, keep them potted up as as houseplants in a sunny location, water as necessary. Keep an eye on them because roses in our inside our houses tend to they get spider mites and and all kinds of different sort of issues tend to happen in the winter. So. You know, spritz them, keep the humidity as high as you can, only water as necessary, lots and lots of sun. And uh, and then in the spring, if they're still alive and looking good, get them outside, enjoy them outside. It's it's always fun to try. Uh, they certainly will grow all summer. If you can get them through the winter, they'll grow all summer. The question is, will they survive next winter? And, oh. you know, it, it's just worth a try. Great. Well, thank you very much, Charlie. And uh, yeah. have yourself a great weekend. And happy thank Halloween. You. I was going to say, and happy Halloween to you, too. <clears throat> yeah, so that's a, it's always kind of fun when we, we get experiments growing, like roses. Charlie, if you can hear me now, yes, um, I have one announcement that I know you want aired uh, mm-hmm. for the folks over at the Agent Court Garden Club. A note from Cheryl Penner tells us they've got to learn how to make Christmas arrangements Zoomer or a Zoom show, uh, a Zoom meeting has available to members and non-members, and uh, apparently you sign in at 6.45, and then the meeting starts at 7 p.m., and uh, I guess uh, by going to uh, the uh, Agent Court Garden Club, just just Google that, you'll get all the info you need. Would that be correct? Well, actually, Frank, um, Cheryl Penner, uh, who is a, a mover and shaker within the Agent Court Garden Club. She's actually given her email address for anybody who would like to join this meeting. Uh, email that's Cheryl. The that, that's the one thing that didn't print when I printed oh. this out. Okay, so it's, so it's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L dot Penner, P-E-N-N-E-R, at hotmail.com, send an email to Cheryl, and she will send you the Zoom codes. So that just means you have to have Zoom on your computer. She'll give you the codes, and you can join the meeting at 645. And that is Monday, November the 8th. And uh, so right after Halloween, we get one one event out of the way, and then let's get going on the next one. (laughs) Okay. You have another caller online, do you? I do. Um, you know, while we're doing announcements, though, just let me um, mention that on November the 10th, so this is two days after the Asian Court Club, the Riverdale Court Society will be meeting. And again, it is a Zoom meeting. So Wednesday, November 10th, uh, there's a photo contest. The speaker is Helen Battersby, who is a wonderful speaker. She's got lots and lots of good stuff to share. She will be speaking on gardening in the shade. So that's Wednesday, November 10th, Riverdale Hort Society. To join in with this group and this meeting, go to Riverdale Horticultural. So one word, RiverdaleHorticultural.ca for more information. And that's a 7 p.m. regular meeting with the Riverdale Hort Society. So a uh, lot's going on there. And it looks like, Frankie, we have seconds, mere seconds. Do you want to do the phone numbers and then let's go for a break? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. To reach Charlie Dobbin here at the Garden Show, 
416-360-0740. That's in Toronto. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And I must uh, remind you, I haven't got my little bell with me. Uh, <laughs> it's still in the drawer at work, along with those little earbuds you were talking about. So we'll have to do without that uh, for the time being. But please do let us know if you are a first-time caller. I'll somehow make that uh, a momentous occasion. <laughs> back to you, Charlie. Thanks so much, Frank. All righty. Well, when we get back in mere minutes, we'll uh, catch up and see what's going on in Thornhill. We've got Peter on the line right after this. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, we're back and we have Peter giving us a call in from Thornhill. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Charlie. How are you today? Excellent. What's going on at your place? Good. Uh, Charlie, thanks for my call. Um, I'm trying to bring a cyclamen back from last Christmas, a beautiful one given to me by my employer. I am a landscaper, and I know you through uh, Canada Blooms a little bit. Um, so it was beautiful. I had it on my kitchen table here in the sun. It was. I had it going until about uh, April. Then I let it rest downstairs June till September in a bag. Now in late September, I put it in the pot. It's on my kitchen table. It's been here for weeks. It's not doing anything. What? What have I, Are they? You able to bring them back? Or that's my question. So this is a good question. I've never let a cyclamen go dormant. I've always just kept them going all the time. Now, I will tell you, and I'd have to look this up to get sort of more details. You said to give it a rest period. Like, that's, that's what I called it. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah the rest, the dormant. Yeah, I've, like I said, I've never sort of forced them to go dormant or let them rest. I've always just, they just keep on perking along with leaves and flowers, etc. And yeah. so one way or the other, they, they, you know, I've had them last for a number of years, though. But they do like cool temperatures. So what's the, um, when you mentioned kitchen table, what kind of temperature is, uh, is this plant? temperature. Yeah. So you're, you know, we're, we're getting cooler. We've got the furnace on, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering whether I've, they, I looked up on the internet. It says kind of plants mm-hmm. half uh, above the corn and what have you. But I'm just, I'm just not getting any life out of it at all. At all. It's right. So, so when you. When it had its rest period, you stopped watering it. You put it in the dark. Uh, totally, yeah. Like. I, had, I put it in a, a, a Ziploc bag and then just down in my in my basement, which is about the same as upstairs here, and let it rest. Uh, like I say, uh, June till September. And then mm. I brought it back, replanted it, nice soil, uh, sitting again on the same spot where I have it in my kitchen table here, and I don't see any sign of life. <laughs> so when you brought it up from downstairs, right. so the corm, it is a corm, and it's almost like a, right. almost cup-shaped. It's a, you know, yeah. some begonia um, tubers are very similar. So yeah, yeah. when you brought it up, how, how did it feel? Was it firm? Uh, no wrinkles? A little bit moist, and yes. It, it felt firm and, uh, and moist on the, on the, uh, on the bottom. 
and I thought it would come again, and all the little uh, kind of dried former leaves are kind of falling off if I pick away at them, and, and it's just not budding, so to speak, okay. at all with fresh all right, so, uh What I would do is don't give up. If the corn felt okay. firm and, and has life in it, you know, it didn't dry up and die or, or no, rot. No, it didn't. No, no, no. It, like I had it in a Ziploc bag. I thought maybe it would be too moist. But, and then inside a paper bag, you know, and just down in my basement, and it's just as warm as up here. So. <laughs> well, so I just wonder if you should, uh, is there any place you can put it where it's cooler than just regular room temperature? Not maybe quite as cool as a refrigerator, but down, uh, you know. I have a canteen uh, uh, oh. yeah, under my front steps, yeah, you know, like a can- uh, basement, little crawl space kind of thing. Yeah, cantina, yeah. fruit cellar, whatever yeah, you want yeah. to call it. Yeah, it is. But I guess it's dark down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very dark. Yeah. Other than the light you turn on, right? Mm. Right. Hmm. Well, I'm, hmm. I'm just trying, and I'm a landscaper myself, so. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's fun. I love cyclamen. Some of them are so fragrant too. Oh, They're just. It was, it was beautiful. I was given it as a Christmas present, right? And uh, I fertilized it, and it went beautiful right till about April, mm. and then it was deteriorating a little bit. So I looked on the internet, and I said, "Yes, it needed rest. Put it in a dark, cool place in a bag." Mm. And, so I tried that, and now I brought it. Right. So I guess yeah. I just have to be a bit more patient, but it is very. Yeah, small. don't give up. Give it okay. as much light as you, you know. If you could put okay. it right, don't put it in the cantina because I wouldn't give it dark. Give no, it no, if you can no, put it's it on it my right. kitchen table here and fine. And we've just the furnace is just sort of coming on now, so it's not that not that warm. And I'm getting no. uh, kind of morning sun. Uh, we face de- the kitchen faces uh, east, so. Uh-huh. That's all. So don't give up. (laughs) Yeah, don't give up. But what I was going to say, Peter, is if you could put the pot, the potted cyclamen corn right in on the window ledge or closer to the window, it will be a little bit cooler as opposed to away from the window. So Uh, anyway, four feet away from a lovely three window, window, window type of four inches away. It'll be better as is all I'm suggesting. So it'll be a little cooler, a little brighter. Be careful. You don't overwater it because it'd be easy to overwater until it starts to grow. But um, give it, I'd give it some more time. And in the meantime, I'll see if I can figure out anything else that we haven't mentioned here just now. And I'll let you know next week if not uh this week yeah, fine okay thank Thanks. you very much i love the i love your show and uh thank you thank you okay <laughs> nice to hear from you yeah nice to hear from you frank you still there lovey yes i am my love I didn't want to break in and uh, unless <laughs> i'm coming through loud and clear it's you not okay. are you are okay you know what's going on at our place uh well, yesterday although we're you know the, the day before halloween Yesterday, I said to, Char- uh, said to uh, Shirley, uh, hey, how about having the whole gang, all the family out here for Christmas dinner? And that's what we're starting to plan right now. Ooh. And wow. with that in mind, I got looking at uh, uh, actually Amazon. I just I just Googled uh, Christmas gifts for the gardener. And oh, all yeah. sorts of great stuff coming in there. Gosh, there's... <laughs> A wildflower tote bag uh, with uh, all sorts of uh, wildflowers for planting. There's, there's also a garden tool set, 14 yeah. pieces, and, and uh, it, it really isn't that expensive. Well, 50 bucks, 49.99. All sorts of uh, great ideas coming up for the gardener. So you might try that if you've got a gardener in your family. There's maybe where to kind of start to plan to do things like that 
That's a good point, Frank. Like I never think about Christmas, you know, gift purchasings for, you know, till December, really. And um, I, that might be a mistake this year. I, I keep hearing about how there's, you know, shortage of stuff out there that the they're just not the retailers are having trouble getting uh, products. So that is a good point. If you have somebody on your list and you have an idea, jump on it. Don't wait. Waiting yeah. may mean a you'll miss Christmas. Light for indoor plants that's uh, featured too. Again, not an exorbitant price, mm-hmm. 42 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's adjustable and apparently can cover several plants at the same time. Was that a plant light you mentioned? Yeah, yeah, grow light. Yeah, you know what? Interesting point. I just received an email from. It came through our receptionist, so it was a one of the the um, listeners to the garden show uh, named Chris Orford sent an email, and he says he or she says, "I have a question about LED grow lights for Charlie for the garden show," and then that was it. <laughs> That's oh. the email. <laughs> so, Chris. I, Feel free to of course, phone. Not, not being near the studio, uh, nor can I look in the next room to Carlos to get the nod to when to break for a commercial. Are we near that point now? No, it's nine thirty. No, we're good. Let's go well, to okay, one of our. A bit. Okay. Yeah. Let's... More phone calls coming in then. Hopefully, uh, at uh, in Toronto four one six three six zero zero seven forty anywhere in the province toll free one eight six six seven forty. 4740. Charlie Dobbin and yours truly, Frank Rocker, delighted you could join us today. Charlie, you've got somebody somebody else on the line there, I think. Yep, we do, Frankie. We've got Jane calling us in from Mississauga. Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Uh, I have a problem with creeping Charlie. It's taking over the back garden. Do you have any solution to eliminate it or control it? No, no easy ones. Um, Unfortunately, Jane, that's a plant that it's a crawl around on your hands and knees and dig. Uh, Okay, so here, here's the thing. Is it in a garden? Is it in the lawn? Where is it mostly? It's in the, all over the lawn. And oh, through the lawn. quite big. It's about right. the size of, uh, of $2. Yeah. All right. So, okay, a couple of suggestions. One is literally on your hands and knees in the spring when it's easier, or, you know, mid-spring, <clears throat> start digging it. You need to get the roots in order to annihilate and get rid of the plant. Right. <clears throat> That's <clears throat> one suggestion. Nobody ever likes that suggestion because it's very time consuming. Yeah. But I tell you, with a bottle of wine next to you, you can sit down there and be busy for hours. <laughs> right. So, okay. so there's that option. Yeah. Thank you very much for your suggestion. <clears throat> Happy Halloween to yourself and Frank. Thanks, and Jean. Keep on Thank gardening. You. <laughs> I love Thank the you. bottle of wine suggestion. <clears throat> I had to say that for you, Frank, but Jane left before I get, I have two more suggestions for Jane. One is uh, if she doesn't want to crawl around and pull all that creeping Charlie, you can use a herbicide. One of the, um, it's a vinegar based or yeah, it's a vinegar based herbicide, completely legal here in Ontario. It, in the spring, early in the spring, when the plant is just young and soft and tender, carefully spraying the leaves, it, you can kill it. 
be very careful to not spray anything you love because that will kill that too. So it's a non-selective herbicide. Um, so yeah, it'll kill some of the lawn, but still, if you can get rid of the creeping Charlie, you can re- replace, you know, reseed the lawn later in the spring. That's a suggestion too. And then the other one isn't very pretty, but that's where we put out the tarp, the tarpaulin, and we cover the area where the weed is growing if it's just so extensive that we can't deal with pulling it. We can um, kill it by uh, covering it with a tarpaulin that is well affixed down flat to the ground with soil and rocks around the edge. And, you know, it takes up to eight to ten weeks, but the the plants, everything under the tarp will die. So a couple of suggestions when we have problematic weeds. Okay, and just a reminder to the folks listening to Zoomer Radio, the garden show featuring Charlie Dobbin and the phone numbers in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, of course, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And I presume there's somebody else with a question for you, Charlie. There is, for sure. And right now we have George waiting on the line. He's calling in from Toronto. Good morning, George. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, George. Good morning. Good morning. Here we go. You're a little quiet. Yeah. Nice to talk to you there. There we are. Thanks. Uh, you heard me? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I have a plum tree. It's been a few years. I couldn't... Does it bring anything? I mean, it brings, but falls down. I don't know mm. what to do. Any solution to that? So it flowers in the spring, and it yeah, seems yes, like it yes. sets plums, uh, but then... flowers, yeah. Okay, good. Do have you been using dormant spray in the spring? No. no. Okay, you should. It's the most important with fruit trees. Always remember any of the fruit trees, whether plum or peach or cherry, apple, any of them. They are very tasty plants. Obviously, we love the fruit. There's lots of sugar that's produced by fruit trees to make all that juicy, sweet fruit. And insects, also many diseases, love fruit trees the same way we do. So in the spring, early in the spring. So number one, if this plant needs pruning, which it may now, you've had it for a couple of years, prune in March. You're in Toronto, you could even prune in February. So late winter on a dry, sunny day, prune out any branches that are dead, crisscrossing branches, any branches that are growing into the middle of the plant because you want the the branches to go to the outside of the plant. So, you know, encourage... The, the right kind of shape for that tree. Then shortly thereafter, as soon as we're, we've got above zero temperatures, you get out your dormant spray kit. And that is a preventative organic spray for any of the fruit trees, any of the particularly tasty plants. It is an oil, so it's a horticultural oil, a light oil, and lime sulfur. Follow all the directions, mix those two liquids with water, and assuming we're above zero, it's a sunny day, no wind, you get out there and you do your spraying and you'll find that you can prevent a lot of problems. So proper pruning, preventative spring dormant spraying. Uh, and I think you may have better success with that tree. I'll, I'll try it. That, that will okay. be when? Next uh, spring? In the spring, that's right. Yeah. So late winter and then spring. And then you call us back and let us know what's going on and lead an update from you. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for your help. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. You have a nice day. 
Thank yeah. you, and happy Halloween. Yeah, thanks for joining us this morning, George. And how good is my intuition, Charlie? Is it about time for a commercial break here? Almost. Uh, why don't do you have an email handy you want to read to us? Oh, that's, well, no, I, oh, golly. Uh, the one oh. that we had from before. Ha. Huh. No. Um, I don't know whether I received them all. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear me. Frank, no, I didn't okay. realize. Oh, wait a minute. Now, I did have one okay. from uh, Pat Sager. Okay. Uh, oh, and this is a number you already dealt with, of course. Wouldn't you know I picked that one? Is it the ferns, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that one. Right. All right here, let me share a good one. And you'll yeah, remember sure. who, who helped me with this. Stephen Biggs, who is the father of Emma Biggs. And we've had Stephen and Emma on the garden show a couple of times. Emma is a teenage uh, plant uh, what do you say, prodigy? She um, she grows a lot of tomatoes, particularly. And Stephen, her dad, has always had a real interest in some of the tropical, the lemons, the limes, and the figs. So I got a question from one of our callers, and the question was uh, from Sharon, and she said, "I'm not sure what to do with my potted fig tree. It was starting to put out fruit." Uh, she says, I was expecting it to shed its leaves and go dormant for the winter, but it's doing the opposite. I'm not sure what to do about it. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? Now, this is from about two weeks ago. So I sent that off to Stephen because he's the fig pig. He wrote the book, The Fig Pig. And Stephen was sweet. He answered me right away and he said, uh, those little figs that Sharon has likely won't ripen properly, even if the tree is brought into the house to grow for the winter. So the easiest thing is to let it go dormant. A frost will do the trick. Once it's dormant, just pick off the little figs. Uh, it feels criminal, but this way you're getting the tree all set up for next year. And next year, get an early start so that those little figs come earlier in the season and have time to ripen. So that was Stephen Biggs. Thank you for that. Uh, I hope Sharon is listening because that is a good point, right? When something starts blooming and setting fruit at a season, we, we get all worried. And Sharon didn't tell me what her winter plans are for this fig tree, but, you know, you can't just leave them outside. They have to be put somewhere frost-free, not necessarily inside the house but frost free so sometimes that's a shed or a garage or something like that um but okay. yes yeah, so uh, i did locate some of the the um emails that you had sent but i didn't know whether you had dealt with all of them uh beforehand no it's all right no worries let's go for a quick break right now when we come back we can have a chat with it looks like rosalie is on the line waiting to talk to us from hamilton oh that's great okay back right after this don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, you do have somebody waiting on line right now, do you not? I do. We've got Rosalie calling in from Hamilton. Hello, good morning. Morning. Um, I have a question regarding planting garlic. Um, we've planted it in the past, and usually our barometer's around, you know, Thanksgiving to end of October, but we've had so much rain that it's been kind of difficult, but we did have, we did plant some on a day that was kind of, the ground wasn't um, dry, but it was like, like dampish. Um, is that advisable? Should we replant it? Is it going to rot? Like, I don't know how late we can go before we can plant it. No, that's a great question, Rosalie, because we've had a fairly unusual fall yeah. or autumn in the sense that it's been so mild, mild and wet, mm -hmm. kind of 
this is what we should have had last spring when it wasn't raining, right? But um, so uh, the rule of thumb here in Southern Ontario is to plant the garlic, just like you said, around Halloween, anytime after the middle of October. Mm -hmm. If you plant too early, the, the, the roots will grow, which is fine, but unfortunately the stems will grow as well and it'll pop up above ground. So we don't want that. We want it to grow roots, but we want it to be cool enough that it stays underground. Mm -hmm. That, of course, we haven't seen that. It's still been mild. Um, ultimately, you want to plant garlic in a spot that is generally a well-drained soil. There's no good well-drained soil right now because everything is so soggy. Yeah. But I wouldn't be overly concerned. I would get it into the ground. As soon as it stops raining, you know, in the next day or two or week or even, you know, the next week or so, you could, you can wait. You've still got time, but don't wait too long because then the little roots won't get growing and it won't be set up to get through the winter. So there's a fine line when you can get too late to put it in the ground. But once we the, the ground is dry enough, you can get out and walk on it and dig some holes in it. I would get those cloves in the ground. Uh, I planted my garlic last Saturday, I think, Saturday or Sunday. It was a, a fairly dry day, though you're right, the soil was quite moist. Um, but I did something I've never done before. I, I planted my garlic all around, quite a quantity of, mm -hmm. of garlic all around three roses. And oh. I'm, I'm thought, you know what, I've read so many times about how garlic repels aphids, and it's such a good choice to put around plants that aphids love, and we know that aphids love roses. Yeah, I yeah. thought, you know what, I'm, I'm moving these roses anyway, i got to plant the garlic anyway, why don't I just put them together and see how it works out? So I will be reporting back on my experience with garlic Great. and roses as companion plants. Great. Now, the, the, there's no chance because the ground is so wet, those cloves will rot or anything, will it? Well, if it, if it just keeps raining for the next 40 <laughs> days and nights, yes, everything's okay. going to rot. So okay. there is that chance, but I would still, get, you know, get look at your long-term forecast. See what it looks like. If you if you want to wait a week or so, if it's going to be a little drier, then wait a week or so, but don't wait too much longer than yeah. that. As long as it's kind of not, if it's not dry, as long as like kind of a dampish dry, then we should be good. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. Okay, thank yeah, you, Charlie. Yeah. Have a good day. You're welcome. Thanks Charlie, for calling. We've got a note here from Coleman McMahon. I don't know whether you had a chance to deal with this question or not, but he says that my wife and I enjoy your program every Saturday and consider it a necessary part of our weekend listening. But here's the question. He says, why is it that this year seems to be a bad year for pansies? For pansies. Hmm. That sounds like a pretty was that, what's the date on that email? Must have been last spring. Oh, goodness me, it goes, yes, goes back to August 12th. Huh. Oh, okay. Well, okay, so, but you know what? It, it, this was a bad year for pansies because, you know what pansies love? They love the weather we're getting right now. They love cool, they love moist, and we had a dry, dry spring, and then a drought, it felt like, at my house throughout June, and then we got a bit of rain in July, and then no rain in August, so it wasn't really pansy, pansy weather. Uh, and yet, if you had access to water, some nice shade, some organic soil. You can grow pansies just about year-round. Okay. Uh, another yeah. question coming in from Alicia and Greg. Uh, says, uh, Dear Charlie, I'm new to your radio show. I've been listening every Saturday at 9 a.m. as I'm driving up to the cottage. Yeah, we both love our show, she and her husband. And she was wondering if you could provide her with some advice. Last year, around August, September... We had found a beautiful tree named Marley's Pink, a Japanese snowfell. Mm. Planted the tree in our cottage, and that is uh, located in Alderman County. 
just the south of the Niagara region. And we were hoping in the following spring, 2021, the tree will just start blooming and giving us beautiful flowers. And we were so disappointed and confused when the tree didn't bloom in the spring. We did not even see one leaf, not even to mention flowers. <laughs> we had a small hope that it'll settle in somehow because at the bottom of the tree's trunk, we noticed small green leaves coming out around uh, June and July. So do you have any advice to offer up to uh, Alicia and Greg? So exactly what was the name of that tree again? Uh, it is called, oh dear, wait a minute now. I'm in the middle there, we're now. It was at the uh, beginning. Hmm. You know why? Because um, oh, yeah, here it is. Marley's pink Japanese snowbell. Snowbell, right, 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 right. Yeah. So I've never grown that tree, but <clears throat> we did actually uh, talk about this. She sent a photo, and I think I might have uh, even shared the photo of that tree with Paul De Groot, because uh, where he works down in Waterdown, uh, they sell that tree, and it is a very lovely, lovely tree. A couple of things we were thinking is maybe it's a little too cold. It's not a super hardy plant. So the Oh, yeah, but in her case, the cottage was down Lake Erie somewhere, so or Niagara somewhere. So uh, it shouldn't be a hardiness issue, um, but it didn't survive well. I think perhaps she planted it a little too deep. When we looked at it, we thought, eh, suckers coming from below ground often mean, you know, suckers from the root that the the root ball has gone down just a little too deep so remember when you're planting trees if anything we plant them a little bit high or as shane jones my coordinator at durham college says plant them proud so that the tree the root balls are just a little bit above ground because they will tend to sink over time and you you do not want to ever plant too deep because of course as the root ball starts to sink it gets even deeper uh because when we plant the, the soil is all fluffy and full of air and uh so there's always that sort of settling in of, a, of a, a new tree and some trees are very picky about being planted too deep they the roots really really need access to the air that they can access through the surface of the soil so um in her case i think it was try again because it, uh, it's a beautiful tree worth trying again uh if there is still any green coming up off the root, then great. Let it be a little green bush for now. Perhaps you can grow it up into a tree uh, over the next few years. But a highly recommended, highly ornamental, beautiful plant. So, okay. Nice, nice coming job. up to uh, nine minutes before the hour and uh, the latest news, Jeremy Logan. But is it time for another commercial break or are we on track here? We are on track to go for a break. Come, there'll be our last break, and then we'll come back and we will talk with Joan, who's calling us in from Burlington. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, you know, Charlie, if nothing else, we kind of solved why I was disappearing on and off the air. I've got to keep my ear away from the mute on my phone. That's what I got to do. <laughs> anyway, you've got a listener waiting online with a question, I understand. I do. We've got Joan waiting very patiently on the line, calling in from Burlington. Good morning, Joan. Good morning, Charlie. <clears throat> I want to ask you a quick question about my hostas. I have some in the garden, and I have some in pots. Last year, mm-hmm. I had one which was so big, I put into three pots. 
The, um, mm. the flowers came up different heights. One actually came up five feet. The flowers wow. that they came up that high. I don't know. <laughs> I I do um, fertilize them regularly. However, <laughs> they were just beautiful. I couldn't believe it. Um, mm. Now, when I cut these plants back, can I mm. leave them outside or can I? Do I have to put them in the garage? Okay, so you're calling from Burlington, which is kind of almost, you know, the banana belt in Ontario. Uh, Hostas are pretty tough plants, but it does depend on what kind of a winter we have, and we don't know until we get it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally would leave the hostas in pots. I would leave the hostas outside. Mm -hmm. However, I would put them on the east side of the house. Can you do that so that they're out of the north? No, it's patio over the fence on both sides, and it faces south-southwest. Southwest. Right, so you don't want them in the sun particularly, because the sunny days... They will get the sun a good part of the day then in the winter. Say that again? They will get the sun a good part of the day during the winter. Right, and that's going to wake them up on the sunny day. In in, in places in in, in the winter, I get really good sun. Right, so that's why you don't want to leave them in the situation you... Can you put them anywhere else? I can put them in the garage. Yeah, they probably... The thing about the... No. Sorry, the thing I was going to say is that if they go in the garage, they will stay dormant. Mm-hmm. If they stay on the patio getting all that sun, because remember what happens when we get into February, March, and it's a beautiful day and the sun is beating down, the, those pots will start to warm up, those hostas will start to wake up, mm-hmm. and then we'll get a, a hard frost that night, and that's what will kill them. Oh. So but if they, the garage is probably going to be safer. Uh-huh. The ones in the garden do great. They uh, they're fine. Yeah, in the um, garden they're fine because they're underground. Mm-hmm. They don't have they, they they don't warm up as much uh, the way a plant above ground will warm up. So I'll cut them back and put them in the garage. Yeah, I think you'd have for sh- for sure they'll survive. And I can tell you, if you could put them on the east side of your house where they only would get a bit of morning sun, they would probably survive just fine above ground. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just that west or southwest is just going to be too warm. So they're going to wake up, and then that waking up, they're going that's when they're going to die. I just wanted to know because carrying those pots around to the garages, they're quite heavy right I now. Bet. you need the dollies. Put them on little wheels and wheel them around like puppy dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Well, by the way, every time I talk to my family about gardening, I say, just remember to listen to Johnny Dobbins. She's an expert in gardening. <laughs> thank you. Anyway, yeah, enjoy. I, I appreciate, appreciate your, your support. And yes, indeed, always, always promote the garden show. We love, I love the questions. I love the tips and techniques that people share. And we have just a few, just a short bit here. So let's see if we can quickly fit in Soren, who's calling in, excuse me, from Brampton. Good morning, Soren. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I'm calling about my mini rose. Mm-hmm. I have them in pots. So mm-hmm. is it possible that I can dig a hole and put them in the ground? Take them well, that's a good pot? question. Some mini roses are hardy enough that they can stay outside, but most are not. Do you, was there any little tags in the rose pots when you got them to tell you anything like the name of the roses or anything? No, and they are quite tall. They're around um, a foot tall. A foot tall? Yeah. Yeah, which is about 30 centimeters, 25 centimeters. Yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, okay. they've been inside or are they outside Outside, now? Outside, outside. 
Okay, they're outside. Like they're springing and things. Okay, so do you have an open area where you could dig them down into the soil? You could even leave them in their pots, but you need to get them underground. Uh, okay. Uh, Last uh, year I planted some, two years ago, but they were in the soil, and each mm-hmm. year they they came back, and they're oh. very beautiful. So. Oh, Right. So there you go. I mean, so you could take them out of the pots. You could leave them in the pots. If you are taking them out of the pots, make sure that you plant in them into a full sun location, like six hours of direct sun every single day in order for them to survive next year, assuming they get through the winter. Get them in the ground sooner than later and uh, little um, leaves or some mulch around the base to just help them get through the winter. Thanks, Soren. Got to let you go because we're running at a racetrack here again. Frankie, where did the time go? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to be in the station midweek. I'm going to pick up my little earphones there and as well the garden bell. So I'll have everything ready to go next week. Excellent. And next next week I'll be in the studio and you, I think, are on the road uh, down to visit one of your kids. That's right. Uh, I'm going to be uh, at Kelly and uh, Kitty in Hamilton. So we'll be checking nice. in from there. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to talking to you then, Frank. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, all the great callers. Keep those emails coming, c.dobbin at mzmedia.com, and we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.